Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Of course, we saw a grain market that had, for the most part, some higher numbers. Uh, some later months in the soybeans had some negativity going on as we focus on, on the grain side first. And it comes as no surprise. There's a lot of things out there in the picture from the coronavirus to the markets really just not sure what they're going to do. The central bank continues to print out more money and China, as we know, is in a lockdown situation. We're going to talk more about what is happening, how it's really going to affect and cause for some frustrations in the next couple of weeks within this market with Sean Hackett, with Hackett Financial Advisors. And Sean, am I safe to say in the next couple of weeks? I mean, this isn't something that's going to correct itself in the near future. Well, the only thing we know to do in times like this um, is what's happened and you know, we've had pandemics in the past. You know, what's happened when we've had, I mean, this is, you know, we, we have every hundred years we get two pandemics, uh, flu pandemics. So I went back and I looked at all of them and I said, how do markets usually react? How long do they get, are they stuck in this indecision and quandary? And uh, what we found was, is that the first month after the awareness of the pandemic was, um, you know, came out, markets are in this corrective indecision period and then they start coming out of it. And the reason really is because viruses typically blow themselves to the upside really fast and we get more cases and more more deaths, um, but they also burn themselves out fast. And we found that the typical period from start to finish is two or three months. And so we would expect you know, by, you know, by April that we'll be coming on the downside of this thing and markets tend to price this in early. So we're very much mindful, as you correctly stated, that maybe late this month we're going to see markets possibly uh, start turning around and maybe getting some trends back into the market. But until, but until that point, we think we're going to be stuck in a very frenetic choppy trade. You know, and you brought up an interesting point as you and I were talking before we started this uh, recorded conversation was, you know, the central banks continue to print more money. We've got the China and that continued lockdown. I've seen videos of streets that normally are full of bicycles and, and vehicles completely abandoned. So there's so much feeding into this. There's uncertainty. And usually when the central banks are printing money, it's kind of felt as a good thing. It normally is, and, and I think it is keeping the markets together. I think if they were not putting all that money in, I think we would be looking at, kind of if you look at what happened last Friday, you know, the stock market was getting hit, everything was getting hit. You know, but I think they'll at least soften the blow to get some time to pass by for maybe this to get resolved a little bit. But let's take a look at the other side of this. They've put all this money into the system. What happens when this virus starts easing back? What happens when the lockdown is no longer, and all that pent-up demand in China comes back into the marketplaces. Everybody is going to go back about their day and start buying what they should have been buying two or three or four weeks ago. You know, we could have a wild, insane inflationary wave from, let's say, late spring into early fall. I mean, it could be pretty wild. So, so you know, right now it's tough to see the, the rose-colored glasses right now, but, but there is potentially some really, really exciting times ahead for higher prices and for farmers to get a chance to price their crops, but they're going to have to endure some, some, some difficulty over the next couple of months, I would say. But, but there is a good side to this, and every one of these pandemics, um, Susan, that we looked at had a very, very good finish. Uh, there's a very good final outcome to all of this when it was all said and done. We think this will be no different, and printing money now adds fuel to that fire later. 
Is there some maybe frustration a little bit? We know that the phase one was signed. We know that there's a clause in there that says, you know, if something bad should happen, that they get more time. But then we see them making big bean purchases from South America versus the United States. And I'm sure it comes down to dollars and cents, and South America is a lot cheaper right now. Uh, they are a lot cheaper right now. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, the Ch- China is going to do what is in their best interest. I don't know exactly what they're required to do. We still don't really know what they're required to do uh, from the trade deal that we signed. Um, we, we do know there's some kind of a February 15th trigger when they're, that's when the big, that's when the obligation starts. So maybe they're, they're getting, they're tucking in some final purchases ahead of the February 15th, uh, start point before they are, you know, more inclined to have to buy from us, even if we're not the best price in town. So there could be a little of that going on, Susan, as we approach this February 15th trigger point. So what's gonna, what's it gonna take for us to get some excitement back into this marketplace? I know you had made the comment to me too, any good news for the markets? We might see a takeoff, but we're still a little hesitant and kind of wanted to hold into that neutral area in case something worse happens. Well, I, I think there, the two triggers are really, really key. Just putting weather off to the side right now, which we always know could be a trigger. Um, I think anything that starts to alleviate the lockdown, I don't know. Twenty percent of one is out of lockdown now. You know, whatever it is, but anything that says there's less lockdown, not more, would be a huge bullish trigger. I think anything that shows big purchases from the Chinese, despite it all, um, in, in, you know, once we move to February fifteenth onward, like I said, we've seen some big purchases out of Brazil. But if we start to see some big purchases, that even despite all, they are going to be big buyers. That could be a big trigger that allays some of the fears that this trade deal right now is offline until further notice, then they surprise and come in and buy anyway. You know, that's, I think those are the two things I'd be looking for, Susan, to trigger this market into a more bullish tone from, from the fear tone that we're in right now. Looking at something other than uh, the, the fear that's been out there, ethanol margins have remained soft, but we know that the demand, when they looked at 2019, saw some decent numbers. Absolutely. I mean, as the ethanol... A situation doesn't really look too bad to us. We actually think ethanol is going to have a much better year this year than we did last year. We also think that of, of all the markets that could be a surprise purchase um, from the Chinese, we think they could be a big buyer of U.S. ethanol. We think it's something they certainly need. Uh, we think it's something they certainly want. And even though they may not come in and buy corn in large quantities directly, indirectly, if they buy a lot of ethanol, the impact is the same. More coming up here in just a moment. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation with Sean Hackett of Hackett Financial Advisors. Let's look at New Zealand. The weather there has not been conducive. Um, they've got some flooding issues. What does that mean to U.S. markets? Well, you know, first we had this really cold, wet weather in the fall that goose prices higher. And then the, the North Island, which is really a, a huge portion of the production of milk, uh, got into this very severe drought, um, and, it, and it has, they still can't buy a drop of rain. Pasture growth has declined. Um, production has declined. Uh, in the South Island, they're having excessive flooding. In just the last week, they've had 400% of normal rainfall. There are pictures of dairy farms totally underwater down there. Um, and so it's amazing that in the same island, south versus north, one is underwater, one can't dry a drop of rain, but both are not good 
for producing milk still at a time when New Zealand produces a fair bit of it. So this could probably bring some some buying back in, some a rally back into the milk market despite the fears of the virus. And so we might be looking for a short-term bounce here on this. Really, I, we've never seen this kind of a weather bifurcation before. Susan, it's the first time we can recall seeing this kind of a scenario, but it's um, it's pretty severe. And so we think a bounce of price is probably coming here short-term. And it's nice to be able to look at the Class 3 milk and see positive numbers on the screen to wrap up the week. It is. You know, I mean, uh, you know, as you know, for several years, it was nothing but red in Class 3 for days, weeks, and months. But um, it's nice to see some green uh, on, a, on a general tough week. And, and we think there's more to it. And But there will be a good selling opportunity for those that need to get some more milk sold here. This won't last forever. We're moving away from when weather will become less of an issue. So we don't want to sound like this is, you know, a long-term bull story, but it will provide an opportunity for our local dairymen to sell, and that's a good thing. All right. Looking at the hogs, it's been an interesting week in this hog market. We dealt with limit limit down trade, then limit up trade, um, finishing out the week with some positive numbers, maybe not on the nearby, but the remainder of the month's kind of pushing forward. Yeah, we, we highlighted this market, Susan, earlier in the week, um, and we, we went back like we did with our studies of past pandemics and found, for whatever reason, hogs have always one of the hardest hit markets during a initial phase of a pandemic flu outbreak. Um, what we also found, it was the first one to start rallying in a kind of a V-bottom structure, which we talked about earlier this week in our report, that you know we, we could be setting up for this, they're looking out for this, and we closed the market on the June contract back above 78.375. And the reason that's important is because we broke an important low, but then we reversed and closed the week out back above that low. We call that a breakdown failure, reversal high, a technical buy signal. These are very, very powerful signals when they're given. They create V bottoms. For example, in cattle, we had one of those exact same patterns during the Tyson fire panic. So we're pretty optimistic that this market put in a major low it could actually run higher here. If anything the Chinese still need, even in lockdown mode, they do need our pork. And so we're, we're really like the way this market closed out. We think it's good, you know, more clear sailing. That's one of the few markets we think could trend higher here right now. Is, so, it, is there any concern because of that lockdown, though, that there isn't going to be people at the ports to be able to take that that product in? Well, I, I don't think there's enough people at the port to take everything in that they were normally buying. There are some people at the, at the port that can bring some products in, and one of those products they are going to bring in, in our view, is going to be pork. Meaning, if they're, they're going to all hands, whatever hands are, are there to help, pork will be one of the things that there'll be a priority to bring into the country. We think that still gets in. Maybe other things won't, but we think pork will get in. Looking at the cattle, are packers just going to really drag their feet trying to pay for anything on the cash side at a decent price this week? Yeah, I would, you know, it's, 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 I would say so. I would say so. The one thing, uh, Susan, that we're kind of paying attention to, um, and it's something that will probably start impacting this market within the next 30 days, is that the Australian drought has finally seen drought-busting rains. And, you know, they went through an historic herd liquidation of their cattle herd uh, over the last year there during the drought, and now the supplies of Australian beef have completely dried up, and the cattle price in Australia has gone parabolic here over the last two weeks. We import a lot of beef from them, you know, to feed our hamburger supplies and hamburger meat demand, and if we lose that, or lose that supply in in a major, major way, like I think we're going to, it could really, really tighten up 
uh, you know, the beef market and the cattle market moving on into the spring when we start getting into our, you know, strong seasonal demand part of the, of the season. So we would look at that as something that should trigger a move once we get through this softness we're seeing now for the obvious reasons that we discussed earlier, you know. It's going to definitely make for some interesting times. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sean? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. We have podcasts, video interviews, all kinds of things on there to give people an idea of what we do and to see if we can help, you know, help them better with their needs on the farm. All right, sounds good. Sean Hackett joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at our website, ruralradio.com, or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.